0: You're listening to the Fateh Hyderabad AFC podcast, part by Premier India. Being a former Icelandic international, uh, Ricky, you've played in an era where, you know, the country has had good players, but the team was unable to qualify for major competitions. Uh, what has changed over the last 10 or 15 years in Iceland and why is the country where it is now? Now?
1: Uh, Yeah, it's true. Uh, uh, I mean, we had a chance to qualify, uh, uh, you know, both for Euro 2000 and 2004, Uh, and I think at that time that was a direct uh, result of having more players uh, playing professionally abroad, uh, thereby being in, uh, you know, uh, playing at a higher level than uh, in Iceland at the time. But uh, you know, we fell a bit short that time, and. uh, in my opinion, there's a few reasons for uh, uh, why we have managed to qualify now uh, back-to-back for uh, two major tournaments. Uh, uh, I mean, first of all, it, 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 it's it's always good to have uh, good players. And, and, and we had a strong generation of, of good players coming up uh, that are hopefully uh, fruits of uh, increased uh, coaching education in Iceland over the past. 15 years or so. Uh, I mean uh, we have uh, uh, in Iceland now we have over 500 coaches with uh, UEFA A or B license. Uh, you know that, that's about one per uh, 880 citizens in the country and uh, to compare that to an England it, it, the number is uh, one per 11,000 so uh, you know we we're well educated and, and we have good coaches uh, another reason is is the infrastructure that has drastically improved. Uh, we have harsh weather conditions uh, for uh, you know parts of the year, well, actually more than half of the year, you could really say. And uh, and by building indoor football facilities full size, uh, we have. Uh, sorry about that. We have uh, we have uh, with the. With the infrastructure, uh, being able to lengthen the season and play full years indoors for the kids, especially. Uh, Then, on top of that, the the last reason, uh, which is kind of obvious reason, is that the appointment of Lars Lagerback, the uh, experienced Swedish coach in 2012, uh, was uh, uh, was a very good decision for Iceland. It it raised the uh, It raised the uh, level of professionalism around the national team to a higher level. Uh, Not because the Icelandic coaches didn't want to be professional; it was just because that he could demand, uh, you know, that the football association spend a little bit more money on the national team, met his standards in terms of scouts, assistant coach, and uh, travel arrangements and such uh, and such, which kind of. Lifted everybody, and uh, these are kind of the. Uh, that's a long story. These are the infrastructure changes that have happened. But, uh, but uh, you know, uh, the secret ingredient, if you will, is 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 probably uh, uh, you know what we've talked about before. Is it's it's our unity. It's our grit, if you want. Uh, Icelanders are tough people, and and I think our team uh, really. Uh, well, it kind of depicts the mentality of a nation. It's uh, it's the full acceptance of, of putting the team above the individual. We've had that for 25 years, but with the help of all those different reasons, we uh, we've managed to uh, to kind of utilize that even even uh, further and, and thereby qualifying for uh, for the national
0: uh, for the big tournaments. Now, just a borrowing from where. Now, just uh, borrowing from where you you ended, the mental toughness bit, and I've I've heard stories of something Icelanders call the grimt, and I've heard stories of how children start playing on gravel pitches. You yourself mentioned it. Uh, what can you tell me more about what is this mental toughness all about, and how it helps an average Icelandic player deal with such situations?
1: I, it is. It is a. Uh, uh, it's. I, I think first and foremost. I, I mean, it's. It's hard to ex- explain into a uh, uh, few words. The uh, willing to. Uh, uh, I mean, there there are contributing factors. Uh, I mean, what what we take as a team in is, is is the smallness is is actually not always a a negative. Uh, you know, you'd say, I mean, we, we are being champion for qualifying with only 300,000 citizens. Uh, there is an advantage to being small. That is that the players that are on our squad now have known each other and played against each other and played together since they were maybe eight or nine or ten years old. Which means that they are more than teammates, they are more than colleagues, they are friends they go on vacations together. So uh, there is kind of a full acceptance of putting the team above the individual here. And uh, I think uh, that is is an aspect of the Icelandic team that is very special. But uh, on top of that, uh, you know, Icelanders uh, have have battled the... uh, the uh, the environment for a thousand years, and uh, it's a tough island. It's it's the weather is not good, and uh, you know we we we're basically you know a hundred hundred years out of uh, you know we're we're uh, coming a civilized nation in the last hundred years, pretty much, and and there is something uh, that is innately that that you know the in fabric of society that. Uh, we take on lots of jobs. We we do what we have to do to survive as a nation, a nation of fishermen and farmers in, in harsh conditions, and and that's somehow uh, kind of uh, is ingrained in our athletes, uh, at least in our professional athletes, and, and uh, especially when they get a chance to compete for their nation, that becomes uh, they they become extra proud of it, or, or and. Uh, and you know it just becomes that refusal to give up uh, it, it's not it's not something that no one ever thinks about it's just not an option and uh it's hard to kind of uh, quantify it further but but it's uh it's something that i think is our special ingredients and, and this it, it is what makes this team and hopefully all of our teams in the future uh, a bit special
0: Ever since Iceland defeated England in the Euros, I think even here in India a lot of people have started loving Iceland, they've started supporting Iceland, they're always rooting for Iceland and you know they've adopted the Viking clap because even here in India when we have uh, you know the national team playing there is a group that does the Viking clap. So all such positivity surrounding the country right now. now, as a former player and as a country what are the emotions that are running? that's running through the country as you're participating in the World Cup right now
1: oh well uh, I mean uh, it, it is a dream come true really is uh, I mean it, this is our team football is the biggest sport in in, in, in Iceland and uh, you know quite simply a dream come true and you know it, for it's every footballer's dream as a boy to play in this tournament and and Icelanders, I'm, I'm sure as Indian boys, they role play about playing in the World Cup when they're five, six, seven, eight years old, uh, playing on the streets. And, uh, and in Iceland, the whole nation uh, feels it is participating along the team uh, because it's such a small nation almost everybody have a connection to the team you know they're they're related to somebody who knows somebody on the team or they're related to somebody on the team or they're related to somebody on the staff we have i I don't know 15 journalists from iceland here and and you know pretty much all of them have a personal connection with somebody on the team or around the team so uh, again, smallness uh, brings the nation kind of closer to the team. So it is uh, it is really a, a a well, it's a repeat of the Euro for us, I think, in in a sense that uh, everybody is participating uh, fullheartedly with the team.
0: And and what do you what would you feel are your expectations as a country? Are you just happy to be there at the World Cup or do you have some set objectives are you taking it one game at a time
1: uh, obviously happy to be here happy to qualify uh, uh, as we as we spoke about but but not at all arriving as tourists and, and, and just being happy to be here uh, you know when we when we qualified it was immediately all right you know what we want to do is We want to get out of the group We qualified for Euro 2016 And the same goal was set We want to qualify We want to advance Out of the group stage And uh, that was the goal That was set It was announced And uh, you know And then the the draw came down in December And uh, and we faced a pretty tough draw With, with Argentina, Nigeria and then Croatia uh, And you know It it was always going to be difficult, uh, but it didn't change that uh, we feel and felt that we had a possibility of advancing and, uh, you know, now having played two games, uh, we made things harder for us by losing to Nigeria, but, you know, there's one game to go and a victory against Croatia might get us into... The last 16, and uh, I think you know being still in it with one game to go uh, is all you know you can really ask for. And and I'm absolutely positive that this team will leave everything out there in Rostov on so, Tuesday. And you know what we have to do is match Argentina. If Argentina beats Nigeria, we have to beat Croatia by the same goal difference, and uh, and then we are through. And it's a job that I firmly believe we can do. And I think everybody here believes that we can do it.
0: Well, a lot of people in India will be rooting for you. You So you'll have a lot of positive energy flowing your way for the last game. So good luck for that.
1: Happy to hear that. And and, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, that is very, uh, it it feels that we're easy to support and and, uh, because we're, we're a small, harmless nation that, that you know, has is, is come from nowhere. And, uh, but uh, hopefully, it's also an inspiration for, for other countries uh, striving to become better uh, footballing nations.
0: Of course. Now, previously, you briefly touched on, you know, Iceland's domestic football scene wherein you said that, you know, you, you've gone ahead and you've built these indoor pitches and you've extended the length of the leagues uh, that are happening there. Now, do you think these are your ideal talent generators? Uh, And do you feel it's making a difference to the sort of talent that Iceland is now producing?
1: Uh, I think, uh, well, I mean, the domestic league in itself, the top league, I I, I would have to say, not really the league, but but I'd rather say that the clubs that uh, all of them have very good youth systems, and and it's it's really in those youth systems that the uh, talent uh, grows, and and, and it's uh, you know the seeds are, are, are sown.
0: Uh,
1: I mean, we, we as as I spoke about before, we have uh, about 500 coaches with the UEFA A or B license, in that. and and uh, because of the smallness, everybody matters. So uh, if. You know if if a talent is is well if you find a talent or if you suspect that this individual might uh become a good football player they are nurtured and taken care of and uh i think um, that is really our uh as you say talent germinator is is our youth system it's our club youth systems and uh you know they grow the players, and, and now we have many players going abroad at a young age, at, from 15, 16, 17, uh, and uh, you know we have two young lads here in the squad now that are, have just turned 20, that are that are both been abroad for three or four years, and you know they are uh, they are role models for boys that are maybe five or six years younger. But uh, you know, to add to that, I, I think that the league league itself is is fighting to remain competitive, and I, I I think it's just a classic problem for for all minor leagues compared to the best leagues in the world is to do to do the best they can with the talent that remains, or or, or try to bring in you know different kind of talent. Uh, it's it, it, it really is, uh, you know, what it's all about. It is just trying to make the best of what you get.
0: Yep. Now, in your career, you've you've moved out of Iceland. You've played in Greece. You've played in Norway, in England. At that time, what were you know some of the major challenges or difficulties that you faced as you you know you were part of a generation that uh, you know obviously will be looking at how it's developed now and. Uh, thinking, you know, and wishing that you could have been there, you know, in, in 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 this very place that the footballers are now in. But you've paved the way for these guys to be here. So what are some of the challenges and difficulties that you faced?
1: Well, I, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I probably... Probably face the, the same challenges and, and uh, difficulties as other uh, professional footballers do. Uh, for me, it was just, uh, uh, you know, well, the thought is that, that a professional footballer needs to be independent, he needs to be adaptive uh, to, to being able to adapt to new situations and, 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 and accept that he might have to change surroundings when it really doesn't suit him and uh, you know obviously uh, apart from being able to play the game at a pretty decent level but, but the independence and, 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 and the adaptiveness I think is the uh, uh, well the, these are qualities that I think are kind a of common with, with good footballers is because cultures are different between countries uh, and, and you have to adapt uh, so that was my feeling, uh, whether it was uh, Norway or, or England or Greece, is that you know you, you kind of uh, have to learn the culture of, of the nation that you're playing in, the club you're playing in, and, and you are going to have to adapt to the way it is there. You're not going to change it uh, and, and make it the way it was at the last club you had. And uh, I feel that is the reason why uh, you see young players returning home, giving up, is, is often because they miss their family and friends, it's difficult to be away, the uh, so these are kind of the uh, uh, qualities I think you need and, and it ties a little bit in with that, that mental strength attitude that I think uh, we Icelanders have, have, have plenty of.
0: Now, you've also made an impact in the Columbia's men's team uh, when you chose to go to college in in the USA. Um, Now, talk us through, you know, your decision and how that worked out for you.
1: I, I applied to Colombia uh, you know as, as a, a option to have to go to a university uh, that was is world class uh, you know I I wasn't sure what I was going to get in uh, the, the option would have been to pursue university back in the other option would have been to pursue a university education in Iceland uh, at the time I was playing for the under 21 team for Iceland and I had I had my first full national team game for, for Iceland uh, but I had a stretch of injuries at the time and uh, you know I think it was a combination of, of, of well it was circumstances and, and a little bit coincidence that, that I ended up in New York and uh, uh, due to injuries I uh, you know I got pushed in the direction of uh, you know get an education because you don't know how long your legs are going to last and for me, it was the right decision. Uh, and when I was there, once I was there, it was never a question of not finishing the education. Uh, I had the, well, shake, shaking knee or a bad knee, you could call it whatever it was. I had a few operation on it all, as an early, uh, you know, as a 20-year-old. 20, 20 so I, I didn't really know how long it was gonna last. And, uh, you know, once I got to New York, I, I think I, Matured. I grew up. Uh, I met a lot of new friends from various cultures, and it made me a better person to attend that school and uh, and learning about the world a little bit. And uh, you know, uh, what what would have happened if I hadn't gotten an injury? I don't know. But I'm, I'm I'm glad it did, and I'm glad I went that path. And my New York years and uh, Columbia years were a uh, fantastic experience.
0: Now, Yogesh tells me a lot about you, and he's seen you play. And, uh, you know, he's, he's sang your praises quite a few times. He only praises players if they're really good.
1: All right, yeah. yeah I, I hope he's not uh, a parading. Uh, I, I enjoyed some success in Colombia. I mean, we enjoyed as a team. I was going to say that, you know, that, that is something that is uh, football is a team sport. And, and, uh, for me, it, it, you know, wins are are a measure of of how well you are doing as an individual, and, and you don't win if you don't have a team. And uh, you know uh, that that's uh, that's just the element of a team sport is that uh, team is supposed to make the individual better. Or our Iceland, the Icelandic national team is is a perfect example of a team that is better. In every sense, than the sum of its parts, uh, and and that what that is what a good team should be all about is, is that uh, the combination of, of people knowing their roles and, and willing to offer themselves for their uh, teammates makes the whole a lot stronger than the uh, than the individual.
0: Yeah, that, that's well said. I think that's one of the things that uh, you know is so important about football and I, I think there's a lot that a country like india can also learn from the success iceland has had and even we are going through a mini football renaissance if you call it uh, the country has improved in its rankings and there's a lot of buzz around football in the country at the moment what is you know the one advice you would give to a developing football nation um, seeing that you've, you you've also gone through that path and you and you've reached a place where you know the, the entire world is looking at you right now
1: well, uh, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear, and uh, and uh, and uh, it's uh, actually great to follow that that you you you're you know, football is spreading and, and going uh, as you said uh, 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 a little bit of a renaissance. Uh, I mean, Yogesh is involved, you know, friends from from college, and now another friend of mine, Herman Ryderson is a part of a coaching uh, staff in another club in India. So I follow him as well. So it's, it's great to hear that, that, you know, it's building. And, and It's a nation of, you know, one billion people that, you know, uh, the numbers are there. Uh, the the advice I can offer is I think every nation must must find its strength, must find its ingredient that, that makes it special. Uh, something that is in its fabric of society and, and, and try to incorporate that into their team mentality into their style of play if you want. I mean, Iceland Iceland can never play like Brazil. If if we would try to play like Brazil, we would be a very bad replicate of it and, and we would probably suffer a terrible results. Uh, India cannot be like Iceland uh, because you don't you don't have the same well figure you don't have the same physical aspects as Icelanders. Uh, so my advice is, uh, you know, find your strength, whatever it is, and and, and really focus on on having that built a, a team spirit and and a and, and team around that.
0: That's great advice. Now, can you share some memorable moments, uh, you know, in your domestic or your international career? Because I came to read that you've, you've scored against France and you've been Elbowed by Didier Deschamps. So, a- a- any more memorable uh, incidents that you would like to share with us?
1: Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, uh, uh, the football career is 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 a uh, it's a journey of, of 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 up and downs, and uh, and I mean, I I enjoyed uh, coming into a very good Icelandic team when I was young. Uh, Fram Reykjavik was uh, was the best team in Iceland at the time. And uh, you know won championships with, with the team when I was uh, as young as 17 and 18 my first years with the team and uh, uh, fortunate enough to play this is before the, the, the Champions League was founded so so the winners of the leagues would meet winners of different leagues around Europe without being seated and uh, and uh, so I got to play against some really good teams uh, early on as uh, First game against uh, Stoja Bucharest, and, uh, and a year later against Barcelona in 1990. Uh, that is quite a memory. Having uh, Barcelona visit Reykjavik uh, in the second round of a European Championship, and uh, and being fortunate enough to score and tie the game against them uh, as an 18-year-old was a, was a huge memory and a, and a, and a huge jump in, 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 should we say, aspirations. That well. You know, if you can score against Barcelona, you can probably score against pretty yeah. much everybody. So, uh, so it, it gives you a, a great uh, confidence to, to kind of go into a game like that at a young age and, and, and having a bit of success. Uh, I guess later on, uh, when we... Drew the world champions in Iceland uh, when France just won the World Cup in in ninety eight. The first game after after they won the World Cup was against us in uh, Reykjavik in September. Uh, another occasion where I uh, where I managed to score against uh, you know the best team in the world and uh, and the best player in the world at the time was playing on that team with Zinedine uh, Zidane. Yeah. So these are kind of two very memorable games that one from early age and one from like kind of the uh, peak in my career uh I, it's it's you know i, I enjoyed some success in, in in Norway as well where i uh scored pretty consistently for for 3 years I, I i think i managed to score close to 100 goals for for Viking in Norway in 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 115 games like it was like 90 goals in 150 games and uh, that was just a uh, tremendous run that i had there for for three years and uh, something that kind of is uh what i'm really proudest of yeah. as, a, as a striker is, is scoring goals over a long period uh, equally uh, every year it was uh it was really really an enjoyable time so i i i pick those kind of moments as as something that you that you look back upon and say you know uh, these are uh, these are kind of the moments where you lift trophies or, or when you do something against remarkable teams that these are the moments you, you you're in the sports for
0: of course hey uh can I interrupt for a second sure
2: pal <laughs> so a beak. you know one of the stark qualities of Ricky as you just mentioned when I was playing with him was his finishing ability and uh Ricky, just share. What do you think it takes to be a great finisher? Goals are always at a premium, even in our own league. And uh, why do you think you were so potent when you had an opportunity to score? Uh, I think. Uh, well, it's first of all, uh, like
1: pretty much everything, I think it's a, it, there's a combination of uh, nature and nurture there. Uh, uh, some people have an ability to to uh, be in the right spot at the right time I, I, I was blessed with, with kind of uh, having an instinct, having a nose for goal if you say which made me get some simple goals uh, it comes down to for me, those kind of goals comes come down to anticipation uh, really trying to uh, picture uh, what's going to happen next or instinctively go into an empty space because there's nobody there so if the ball drops there you will be there for an easy tap-in those kind of goals are what strikers want and need to maintain a good goal scoring record, they need the simple goals, Uh, in terms of kind of having composure when you come to a chance in a a regular type of chance it's it's about composure really, It, it, it is about well not having not overthinking the situation but but go with your instinct and and everybody that has played the game knows the feeling of uh, when the confidence level is high you attempt things that and succeed at things that you wouldn't normally do uh, so that's why strikers that are on a run everything seems to go in it's because they're they're audacious they they're, they're trying going and trying things that that they wouldn't do on an average day, uh, and that's why you go on goal-scoring sprees, you go on goal-scoring runs. It's because your confidence is higher; you feel that you cannot miss. But uh, then the the nurture part is is it's thrilling as well. It is uh, working on your finish uh, inside of the foot to the side net, uh, heading the ball, so that. You know, again and again and again, uh, even with an empty goal, you don't have to beat a keeper, just get a clean contact from six to eight to nine yards out. And, and if you get a clean contact, you're going to have to make force the goalie to make a tremendous save. This is what I did, I guess, throughout my career. I enjoyed the ball. You know, I'd, I'd work on it, I'd, I'd, I'd line up 10 balls and I'd uh, swing them to the far post i I'd have somebody cross the ball from 10 yards and just tap it home, hit it home. Uh, so it's a combination of uh, those things, I guess, uh, that, that uh, you know, the, the, the really great goal scorers are the ones that, Harry Kane is a fantastic example, I think today, of a, of a guy that scores easy goals, or he makes it look easy. The two goals he scored against uh, to win the game for England in the first round, they were, for me, they were like beautiful things because he was the only one on the pitch, I don't know if you recall, it was a near post header that the goalkeeper saved really well and he was there to tap it home. It was because when the header occurred, he was the only one thinking about getting into space while everybody else around him were looking at the guys heading the ball and these are little, little microseconds that you gain by by, you know anticipating so I guess uh, and I I was going to say he scores over 30 goals in England three years running because he gets the easy goals and then he has the ability to produce the extra 10 from out of the box or from tough finishes. I don't, I don't know how to answer that any better yoke but uh, that's, that's that's, something you know
2: I could talk about finishing the whole day you know that no and you're uh, you're being very modest besides the simple goals Ricky put away many many beautiful beautiful finishes uh, not just at Columbia but when he moved forward uh, into Europe uh, so thanks for sharing that Ricky and um you know, here at in India, we see often that players struggle with finishing, and um, a lot of what you said uh, makes a lot of sense to us. Which is the mental part, being in a confident frame of mind and anticipating, and then, as you said, uh, repetitive practice can never fail you.
1: Exactly, and, and and you know, it it doesn't have to be complicated. It can be. You know, it can be yourself with 10, 15 balls, or, you know, the, the, the best two strikers with, with 15 balls. You, you don't need anything else. And then, and then just think of game-like situations, you know, how would you want to finish a, a certain kind of a chance if you get one, and, you know, set it up and, and repeat 20 times for each leg and for your head, and, and you know, your ratio is going to improve, uh, guarantee.
0: All right, a I'll end with a final question for both of you. Actually, very cliched, but Vicky, since you're there, since you're experiencing everything, now this has been a World Cup of the underdogs, also in a way, because we're seeing some extremely surprising results. What are your predictions for the World Cup, if I may ask? Uh, that's a tough one.
1: It's it's always a tough one because uh, even though the favorites have been, you know slow out of the gates uh you expect them to become better uh and i think uh, well if we go by history uh the the south american teams haven't done well in europe and and for me that that leaves a little bit of, of for the favorites being germany and uh, and france france is kind of a uh, well it's such a talented squad and and you you almost feel like you know it's it's their turn again a little bit uh spain is in a little bit too much of a turmoil for me and and argentina is obviously struggling as a start Uh, argentina and brazil for me the south american teams that really are the ones that have a chance i i just don't think it's their tournament uh so germany and france i think are 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 the two teams to beat uh my dark courses are actually uh, belgium and croatia croatia is a, a very very good footballing side and uh you know we have to face them on tuesday it's a very tall order but uh they are a uh you know uh, when they come together as they have seem to have done now in, in, in this tournament they they are a really good footballing team
0: Thank you so much, Ricky, for giving us your time. I know you must be really busy. But it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you, to hear your thoughts. And, uh, you know, I've, I've I've seen Iceland myself and, and, and you know, the, the rise of Iceland in the last few years. And I've always wanted to speak to someone very close to it. And uh, today, you know, I've fulfilled that wish of mine. Uh, and uh, we would like to wish you all the best for your game against Croatia. We're rooting for you. And we hope that the team continues to make history in the coming few years.
1: Uh, thanks very much, guys. It's been a pleasure, and uh, and uh, you know, and uh, and best of luck with uh, with your uh, you know both India and, and, and the club, of course, as well. Uh, and uh, you know, as I said, it's it's, it's been a real pleasure, and uh, thank you, thank you both.